Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Star Wars The Bad Batch, Season 3. Not every clone is your ally. You trust too easily. Maybe you don't trust enough. Hello, I'm Jayla, but you can call me Justin, and welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3. If you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me today are my fellow Batches. First up, we got CT0831, Nate Shelton, a.k.a. Hugs, and... We have CT0118, Megan Chambers, but you can call her Breaststroke. How are you guys doing? Hunter, I don't want to be in a chew. Hunter. <laughs> Mine's not as One good of my as, favorite quotes. Mine's not as good as Omegan's, unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, I am thrilled that we are back in, back in action. We're talking back about in action. We're batch in action. We're talking about the bad batches of Star Wars. Uh, we were off for quite a while. Uh, mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. had a lengthy vacation. Uh, we went to the most magical place in the world, uh, Orlando, or as many will go call it, uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call Orlando magical. Like, let's just be clear. That's not. I'm sure there's people that think it is. I, but sure. good for them. But no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We were we were all there. Uh, we were, well, Nate and I were there for yeah. What? Seriously. 11 days, 10 days. Uh, Meg, you were here chilling in Canada. Yeah. Yep. Enjoying the Dealt snow. With the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoying it was, uh, Taylor it was Swift and all the wonderful uh, yes, Swifty this things. Is true. Lots of Swifty sure. things have occurred in the last Watched a lot few of football, weeks, so. I heard, as yep. well, too. More, uh, more than yeah. ever in my life. <laughs> exactly. You are now a, a Chiefs fan, if I'm not mistaken. It's Congratulations true. I know everything about football team. now. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you also follow the conspiracy theories in and around that whole? Absolutely not following them, but I heard yes, and I think it's the funniest thing on planet Earth. Oh, you know, we're we're about to talk about some great storytelling. Yes, uh, but I got to say, some of the uh, conspiracy theories—they give a run of money for for any of the great stories that we love to. Somehow, love to watch. Taylor <laughs> has returned. <laughs> she just in the background going do it do it <laughs> well uh let's get into it let's uh let's let's intro for our lovely listeners uh the show that we're talking about in case you're living under a rock and you know not a star wars fan and for some reason you're here we are talking about star wars the bad batch season three in this epic final season i might want to add Uh, The Batch will have their limits tested in the fight to reunite with Omega as she faces challenges of her own inside a remote Imperial Science Lab. With the group fractured and facing threats from all directions, they will have to seek out unexpected allies, embark on dangerous missions, and muster everything they have learned to free themselves from the Empire. This, of course, stars D. Bradley Baker as... All the batches. Uh, Michelle Ang as <laughs> yeah. every yep. clone as well. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Ang as Omega. And then we have uh, Keisha Castle Hughes, Jimmy Simpson, Noshir Dalal, and Wanda Sykes. Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3 will be streaming 
beginning February 21st, exclusively on Disney Plus, with the first three episodes dropping uh, all at once on the platform. So that's great. Um, We are going to be talking about this, obviously, spoiler-free. We were fortunate enough to watch the first eight episodes. A huge thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada for setting us up with this and some interviews, which we will plug at the end here. Um, But yeah, we are excited to be back talking about the batches. Um, We're going to start our conversation with talking about a bit of story and pacing, again, in a spoiler-free capacity, very overarching. Then we'll get into some performances, and then we will wrap things up talking about the look and feel and the animation of this season. So I'm going to kick things off talking about story and pacing, because for myself, this was uh, one of the biggest changes it felt more intentional i think and it was also probably one of the things that we've been one of the elements we were talking about since season one uh that there could have been a little bit more of an attention to how the story was paced throughout the season i think season two definitely had more of a a focus on that uh but i feel like after even just watching these first eight episodes it's very clear that there is a great balance between the sort of adventure of the week and an overarching story that really will have you feeling invested uh, throughout. And also the strategy of releasing these episodes. As I mentioned, the first three episodes are going to be dropping uh, at, at, at the date of release on, on February 21st. And then we get four and five. And then apparently episode six and seven are, are bundled together as a, as a duo drop. And then we have episode eight. And then nine and 10 are, I believe, another bundle. But the idea that they are intentionally thinking about which episodes pair well and how how to release them that shows a lot more of that intention for story and pacing that i think we were looking for back in season one and i think they've definitely learned it and and in a lot of ways they've saved the best for last in 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 these episodes because there is some great stuff that we we're 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 exploring and honestly we're not going to get the answers to everything which is fine because as we know with star wars it's not about answering everything it's about planting seeds about what comes next yeah i think you know so far like you're saying like this season right off the get feels like it's it's on a trajectory towards the finish line uh and it's funny because you know we always talk about in our watch clubs um like episodes that get the we call we say the snowball episodes yeah. like the episodes that get the snowball roll i don't know why we use snowball yeah, darcy darcy no darcy darcy coined that he said it's yeah. the snowball effect yeah, where maybe because we're Canadian, building towards something all we can think of is snow <laughs> but maybe maybe but um but no i think i think that's that you're right this these eight episodes so far really do feature a good balance between pushing that overall narrative forward and then a little bit of side mission episodes, but they've they've sort of got it down to a science where even those side mission episodes that we might have complained about during something like season one or the first half of season two, they still feel very purposeful and very character driven. And they yeah. they 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 found a way to um, just give us uh, moments that really elevate and push these characters forward in such short periods of time, which makes sense, right? We're in the third season of a show. So, you know, I think where, uh, they may have taken their time to explain certain things or showcase certain things before, uh, that kind of held the audience's hand a little bit here. They have the opportunity to sort of not show us everything and still give us the ability to sort of come in knowing clone force 99 there's uh i think episode uh there's an episode where it starts off and we're literally seeing the very end 
of you know an adventure uh something that would have been maybe an arc in a previous season and i think for some you know f- uh, shows uh that could be a little jarring or confusing but coming in at season three and with just how confident they are that moment to me felt comforting and i was like it was like a little like oh yeah there's the bad batch i remember okay of course let's let's go and 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 i i wasn't too upset about not getting to see uh, that adventure that had clearly just ended. I think it really, really fit. So I think they're, they've got it, as I said, they got it down to a science. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd echo everything. Oh, I'd echo everything that you both just said. It's, it's, even though there's 16, 15, 16 episodes, um, and it is longer than the series that we are used to getting nowadays in this streaming generation, mm-hmm. they're doing a better job at filling the filler episodes with impactful moments so it doesn't just feel like filler. Like if you were doing a second rewatch, I don't think there's an episode that you'd skip over because everything has some meaning to it, right? Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. I I actually would probably argue that I don't feel like there's any filler in this season. I don't think that they can really afford to have a filler episode. I think last season we acknowledged that there was obviously some filler episodes, but um, yeah, I think that everything very much as you were pointing out, Nate, has intent, has purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, you know, about the confidence of moving forward. They know where they're going. Uh, You know, they know where where they're ending. So it it shows in the episodes. And honestly, the first three episodes that you're going to get on on the date of release, those three episodes, like I watched those first together as one, uh, just to kind of get a sense. And it it gives you enough that is really going to hook you and have you invested. Um, and, and some of it's been seen in trailers, so we won't, we won't spoil it, but some of those elements that you see are, are very, very, uh, they get your star Wars juices going, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Like you start wondering like, oh, what's, what's going on? What's, what's happening? So I love that. I love that. Even in the three episodes, they get their hooks in you. And, and when they do a three episode, or we also have seen so far a a two episode, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of arc. Um, they really, they're as again, the word intentional keeps coming up, but they're they're really uh, purposeful and and done in a way where yes, there's sort of a shift in tone overall because this is the third season, but the the specific the, there's such a specif- speci- spe- specificity uh, <laughs> to the tone for those specific mo- uh, episodes and the way they combine them uh, that yeah, episodes one to three, you're going to kind of come out of them and and sort of. I would even go so far as to say, like, you know, you'll you'll sort of understand the overall theme that they're trying to go for, what they're trying to convey, uh, and it just it it all really really works, and I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm stoked to see how the other uh, combination releases uh, are this yeah. season. Well, yeah, again, we've we've seen the first eight, which is more than half of of the season, uh, so we we have a good sense of of what's going on, um, but they they still seem to be you know tastefully holding things back and not forcibly pushing things too forward. There's still that, you know, after eight episodes, I'm like, damn, I want the rest of these episodes. So I know how everything goes. I mean, there's even Uh, stuff that's in the trailer that we haven't seen yet. That we haven't seen yet. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's, that's, that's refreshing too, because usually when you get a trailer for something, it's usually within the first, you know, few episodes that you're getting a lot of that stuff is, I guess we're talking more live action, but it, it seems like very much what we've seen in the trailers for, this series and for this final season, uh, it's kind of spread out throughout 
all of the episodes. So it'll be interesting to see when certain things pop up. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Uh, confident, you know, intentional. This is this is what uh, is is right off the bat with us watching these first eight episodes. It's so clear that they they have a uh, an end in sight. Um, let's talk about performances because uh, you know this is the final final season uh, for D Bradley uh, as as the batches. Uh, and I guess all the clones, but I, again, they say it's done, you know, he, like animation will never go. I'm just waiting for the next animated story that they announce, yeah. uh, where, where these voices could, could appear. Um, but I gotta say, you know, just kind of, I'll bundle Michelle and D into this, the sentiment. There is such an emotional, heartfelt, uh, gravitas to their performances, um, that, at times left me feeling a little emotional uh, for, for both, from both instances. Uh, again, just to see their relationships and their, them, you know, it's, it's incredible to see how much they've grown through this and it shows in their, their performances. Dee Bradley and, and Michelle are, are definitely putting on just as much as we were talking about the confidence in the story and the pacing, you can, you get that sentiment from their performances. It's, it's outstanding. Yeah. Michelle uh, as Omega this season, I think, you know, we get to see how far she's come uh, since meeting her her Bad Batch brothers, and you you kind of get to see. Yes, she's she's uh, the most mature she's ever been, but at the same time, she's still that kid and has that same level of hope and optimism. Um, but but at the same time, I, I think I also love what Michelle does. In uh, I would even just go so far as to say, uh, especially within this first episode, uh, there is a moment where we get to see. Um, angry Omega, and uh, and it makes me really happy to see angry Omega because it's it's sort of a different side to her. She's usually so kind and so trusting and, and understanding, um, but when she gets mad, she gets mad, and it's for the right reasons. And that's always yeah. so rewarding as a fan to be able to connect uh, with a character like that. And I think Michelle does such an outstanding job at bringing that to life. Just on that note, I, I feel like again from the trailer, we do see that there's a bit of an age up with her character you know she's she's there's time that's passed and i think that again to match what you're you're talking about the performance it really does fit to kind of see her growing up uh and and i think again just such such presence of of confidence and knowing where this character is in that moment and and how to act it that i think back in season one i think maybe for some instances i think we could all say that we thought maybe there was a bit of overacting uh maybe to help identify i i think nate you had some sentiments in the early early seasons of maybe how you felt about you know her being around but probably definitely grew on i mean I, yeah, yeah that, i think within the entire fandom i feel like omega is not too uh different from uh, you know how a lot of fans felt about ahsoka uh when ahsoka first exactly came in. Yeah. um and i feel like it's a very similar sort of journey but i mean now i'm in love with omega she's yeah the she's the best i love her so much it's true, though. They really know how to write some incredible female characters in Star Wars animation and live action. But Nate, you're right. It's she started off as this like annoying kind of kid that yeah. followed everybody around and was just like happy and positive and a little bit naive. But now she's really come into her own and she has all this compassion but yet is so passionate about her views and really knows what's right and what's wrong and who she wants to work for and who she wants to do things for right 
She wants to know who she like. And she, who she, she knows is. who she wants to be. Exactly. Yeah. She knows that she's a hero. Do you yeah. know what I mean? She knows that she's she's come to that because of the influence of of that. And again, to see that in her character, that is such a developmental, like it's such growth to see that. So I, I love that. Yeah, and I, I also just want to just shout out. Um, there was a moment watching this uh, season, these these eight episodes so far, uh, that I paused it and I just turned to Megan. And I just was like, it's still so nuts that this is just one guy. There's like so many different <laughs> characters on the screen and it's one guy having a conversation with himself. But what he does is magic. And it's just as impressive as any other aspect of the series. I think D. Bradley Baker, um, you know, is just it, it just it blows my mind that he can have the same voice, but with so many different elements to give these characters, the character that they are. Uh, he also voices a brand new character in this season, which I'm not going to spoil. Uh, but if you know his past work, uh, it won't be that surprising when you find out. Uh, yeah, really fun, though. Yeah. Well, I love that, you know, again, last year we had the opportunity to talk to him. And, you know, when we asked how he kind of figures out these characters, it, it all comes down to writing. And you really do see that, right? Like, you really see that, like, obviously their names for each of their for for each of these characters hunter wrecker tech echo uh crosshair like it speaks to the kind of character that they are and he just gets to build out these details around them and it's still incredibly impressive how how he is able to with like a switch just bounce back between each of those personalities change the inflection the emotion like there's times that hunter is just so like I don't know, it's just he he really takes me back with how he how he performs Hunter. It's it, it's definitely it's a story about all of them, but his character is so uh, is is developed in an, an emotional way that I think that D is just kind of exploring through the voice. Uh, whereas I think a lot of the other characters in and around, like maybe on the opposite end of that, is Crosshair, uh, who gives us a little bit more of like that that opposite to Hunter. But mm -hmm. when you look at characters like Echo and and even Wrecker uh, and tech when he was around there was more of a persona because you know wrecker likes to blow shit up and he's a big guy and there's this thing but then he can get soft and gentle and just to have that in his voice and the way he carries that you know again it's it, there's a line where it's like it's no longer voice acting it's just acting right and he's incredible at it yeah he's phenomenal can i also just shout out jimmy simpson uh this season yeah, these eight episodes absolutely. i think you know he's ruthless he's calculated and we're gonna get even more of dr hemlock uh this season um i think he's got that like jimmy simpson ha is such a phenomenal actor in general and and voice actor and um he he performs this character with a voice that is calm creepy but then oddly soothing but in a way that you know is dangerous it's 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 mm -hmm. it's such a it's like a poisonous snake sort of situation and um yeah i think these eight episodes i think there's so much more to learn about his character but and and sort of what his his true motivations might be but i'm i'm digging him as a villain and i, I to think that he's only really been the villain for like half of season two and then these eight episodes is just it's so impressive to sort of see how high ranking at least for me he is as a, a star wars villain mm -hmm. yeah and i think um another voice actor i'd love to shout out is gwendolyn yo she mm -hmm. is the voice of nala say and to play a character like a kaminoan who literally expresses no emotion but expresses so much emotion mm -hmm. is 
an amazing feat. And I think that's one of my favorite performances from a side character in right. this season so far. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, that's like, again, there's so many different characters that we're going to be introduced to. I don't think we've, as we've said, we haven't been introduced to all of them, uh, but, you know, <laughs> more to come on that. Um, but it's it's still, again, another another avenue of how confident this this show is. And I think another part of the confidence in this series is its animation and oh. its look and its feel. And I think that, again, we talked about it last season uh, and you guys talked about it as well while, when I wasn't always on all the episodes for Watch Club. But the cinematic elevation uh, where you see the influence of live action influencing here the animation, the aspect ratio, the shadows, the highlights, the, the way the framing feels more in line with how we would probably DP a live action and, and put some camera choreography in those situations. It's, you know, very reminiscent of that here. Uh, and I, I love it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't miss the mark on that. The, you still get those beautiful, like painterly brushstroke aesthetics, but then you also have those hard lines to help define the shapes of, of each of the characters. And, you know, I know you're a big shapes person, uh, it's understanding how shapes influence character personas and, and uh, Meg. So I, I think that it's clear, you know, as we've come through all these seasons, they've s- stuck with that idea of shapes kind of being uh, sort of a, a language of, of how to view this world and, and to see it. So uh, it's again, it, it blows me away that we were able to get this within a year. Uh, given how much work goes into making these episodes look as good as they do. Yeah, well, I mean, if they knew that they were just doing the three seasons, there's a good chance they've been working on this the whole time. But yes, he said, Brad said that in our interview, he said that like he he was actually like, as they were wrapping episodes of season two, they were they were already moving on three. So they already knew the trajectory and that was what was interesting is that they never kind of let on about that obviously so to to be talking to them a year later you know there had to have been a logistical ballet as i referred to where they had to kind of maneuver between you know finishing episodes and going through other ones and you know he said it was a task because there would be like days that they would be going through and blocking things prepping things rewriting things and stuff like that uh yeah and and i think um you know that 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 element, that maturity of that cinematography that you were talking about, Justin, I think is something that you don't get from from every animated show. And I think, um, you know, there's a, there's a very specific moment that stands out to me of what we've seen so far. And obviously, again, I won't spoil anything, but it's a moment with a character where their hands are shaking. Um, and that informs you as the viewer where the character is mentally and physically. And the the fact that they have that 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 level of maturity to in a show that that could be just action and could just be blowing things up and and pew pews uh, the fact that they have the ability just to sort of hold for as long as they do on this one shot of just hands to to give you that level of of storytelling in the narrative i just think it's just it's something that doesn't just make me happy as a star wars story fan but just as a a fan of good character focus stories uh and i just i I really, really appreciated that. I think there are moments, like you said, in the lighting uh, this season that, again, just go back to. It's like 
if they want to impress us, just make a storm happen at night with lightning flashes in <laughs> like a foresty area. And it's so dang impressive. Uh, and I just I, I think it's just one of those things where it's just between the cinematography, um, the lighting, the way these characters move, the expressiveness in their face. I mean, we thought that we reached the peak of this visual style back in 2020 with Clone Wars season seven, when we were introduced to the Bad Batch. But I think even over these past three seasons of this show, they've continued to elevate it. And it's just, it's so good. It looks so good. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. I mean, not only the artificial lighting you get when it's like nighttime and there's neon and you're in cities or whatever, Mm. but also that natural lighting and forest scenes and, and more earthy moments. It's, unbelievable and justin you were talking about shape language they actually use a lot of juxtaposition and shape language in this show um a lot of like sharp angles are usually a negative thing on a character it's usually to portray somebody more evil or sneaky (laughs) or something and round shapes are meant to be friendly and i think i mean we've seen tantus already in the previous season but it's like a dome so that's a juxtaposition of being a negative space, but it's shown as somewhere open and greeting and friendly. So Hmm. I think that's a really interesting thing to notice as an artist, at least. Um, And yeah, those, those brush strokes and the texture that come in this landscape design and character design is probably my favorite part of this type of star wars animation and i don't want it to leave i want them to keep making shows Mm. that look like this because they just get better and better yeah i personally think that there there's there's something else around the corner where uh, you know we we know that there's a tales tales of the jedi season two uh or rumors there's nothing official obviously from lucasfilm or disney but uh if i'm not mistaken there's there is a confirmation within the trade that something like that is coming <laughs> um but you know to wrap this this season um to close out this this series i don't think that this is the end for star wars animation i think given the success of it i think it's just a matter of what's the next story to tell but uh, the 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 cinematic language uh that is executed through these episodes uh, not just from uh an aesthetical like lighting and and you know uh painterly aesthetic the all that stuff as you were talking about nate the idea of holding and having a uh, an image say more about something than than you know cutting it together with other things it's just a still sort of moment uh i think that that again shows that maturity that confidence in understanding in the show understanding where they are in their storytelling and you know where they're going um to to really focus that way because you, you get a lot of you get more moments like like the one you described throughout uh not just with hands but with facial expressions and and things like that and i think that that again is meant to show a sense of you know show not tell rather yeah uh and and i think that that helps a lot and every aspect of this show um i mean we're not giving this a rating i think obviously our rating would be obvious if we did so (laughs) far um but i will just say every aspect of this show helps to elevate every other aspect of this show and those moments uh specifically even that one that i was referring to are are all elevated by uh the kiners and their their score and the composition uh in this this series it's it kevin um his kids sean and deanna uh, are also now credited this season rightfully so as i think they've been working on uh, a lot of this music and it's just they they somehow continue to give these extraordinary moments even 
more life. Um, and the way that they kind of weave together not just character themes, like not just themes of each Bad Batch member, but even themes to like locations like Tantis or Pabu. Uh, and they do such a good job. And and it I, I think the my favorite thing, and I, I love this when we were looking when we were watching the the crosshair episode, uh focused episode in season two, um, is the sort of Blade Runner-esque sort of oh, vibes yeah. that you're getting through the darker moments uh in this season. Um and it's just I, I again I, I think the fact that crosshair is so integral to the story, uh, you know, within at least these eight episodes and most likely this entire season. Um, I, I think it's just so fitting that we've got not just a shift in tone of the story, uh, um, mm. but also a shift in tone in the music. And I love, I love the score for this, this series. Yeah. And the work that Kiner did for Ahsoka and has continued to do, you know, he's really affirming himself as having a different, uh, or they, they are collectively coming out and, and defining themselves as sort of separate and different from that of, of the, the, you know, orchestra, orchestral john williams stuff uh it still fits and you know when you hear those hints it really does hit but the way kiner and and and, and his kids are able to weave that through their score to tell their story while also bringing in cyberpunk uh you know even japanese and and korean inspired mm-hmm. for going back to ahsoka but like that cyberpunk vibe that you were talking about the very blade runner-esque sound you know it's sort of been gently placed throughout various points within uh, Star Wars uh, over the last couple of years. And it is nice now that it's kind of become signature, if you will, to Kiner and company's music and, and what they're doing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it definitely adds a whole other uh, tonality to this series because uh, you still get that military sort of epic Clone Wars, uh, sorry, um, Clone Wars and, and Bad Batch style theming, but you also get this really great like nuanced stuff that really does heighten the the level of of mystery and, and intrigue around it. So, well, well, well said. Um, okay, listen, like you said, Nate, we're not going to be giving this uh, these eight episodes a rating. We haven't seen the entire season. Um, so for our final thoughts, what I'd love to know is which episode of the eight are you most excited for our fans to see? Uh, Meg, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I gotta say, I think my, I'm most excited to watch people react to episode three. It's, it is that first, you know, little arc of the show, but it's, Mm. It's seeing a relationship and interactions between two characters that we haven't gotten a lot between yet. Yeah. And it is my favorite relationship <laughs> so far. It just keeps getting better. It, it does. just keeps getting better, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm just so excited <laughs> for that. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think, honestly... Okay, this might be cheating a bit. I'm sorry, but it, it it's because both these episodes are released uh, on the same day, uh, and that's six and seven. Um, yeah. Obviously, again, no spoilers. Um, you know, I, I just mentioned how I love how there's like calm and and very character focused moments. There is in this this episode or in oh, these, both yeah. these episodes, but there's also a ton of action. There's a ton of the pew pews. Um, it follows more than just our bad batch brothers, and it features a really intriguing cameo that hasn't been shown in the trailers. Uh, and I think fans are going to be really stoked to see. I know I was. I know Meg and I were. We were watching it together. We're like, no way. We were pretty shocked. <laughs> um, and again, I think just the uh all the kinders music 
uh, in that episode just is oh yeah phenomenal. It's so so good. So yeah, I think six and seven are probably the ones that I'm most excited for for fans to see. Yeah, that was my 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 second. I, I'm with Meg. I, I think episode three is the one that I'm most excited for. It after episodes one and two, when you get to three, it is such a gratifying payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's no that you know like the first two episodes, it's sort of catch up. Right, but it's it's really interesting catch up, if you will, uh, catching up with with the sides. And when you see what happens in episode three, um, and the relationship that forms uh, that we haven't seen, it's you know like that had had me like had a smirk on my face, just like damn, the show is so good. Like I I just I look forward to when fans see this, and I'm hoping a lot of them are going to be pulling memes and little moments and talking about things on on you know x and instagram about you know all this the funny stuff uh not funny stuff but all the more the moments that we we that are highlighted in that episode so i look forward to when when fans actually can see that episode and they will today (laughs) yeah i mean if episode if episodes one and two are catch up uh then episode three is mustard for sure for sure You waited that long just so you can get that joke. I, you know, I was counting down. I was hoping, I was like, when is he going to stop talking? And then I can make that joke. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. I could see you. You were like itching to do it. Uh, well, I'm glad that that is the last sentiments of of this review because that's it. Uh, that is it for a spoiler-free review. Again, uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3 will start streaming February 21st, which is actually today. I completely forgot about that. Uh, so it's actually today. Uh, so you can watch all three, the first three episodes uh, after you listen to this this spoiler-free review. Uh, again, a huge thanks to our friends at, at Disney Studios Canada for uh, allowing us access to these episodes, uh, both allowing us to watch it and review, but also, as I mentioned, we have some interviews. We, we have some interviews out now. Um, I had the chance to sit down again with Brad Rao and Jennifer Corbett uh, Brad Rao is the supervising director and executive producer, and Jennifer Corbett is the head writer and executive producer. They shared a lot of sentiments and thoughts about saying goodbye to these characters. But Nate and Meg Woo! had a killer interview with Michelle Ang. It was great. How are you guys feeling after that interview? Oh, my God. So good. It was the most fun to chat with uh michelle and to learn a little bit more about what she brought to this character and and what this character brought to her which was uh really great yeah megan uh killed it in her first ever uh geek centric interview um did such a good (laughs) job and and came up with i think the most intriguing question uh where we actually Mm -hmm. asked michelle uh what her clone nickname would be of course you'll have to tune in to the episode to find out what it would be but uh it was very it was it was lovely it was actually she kind of had two uh and the first one was hilarious and then the second one (laughs) made a little more sense so (laughs) really good yeah absolutely and i really did appreciate the fact that uh brad and jennifer they they you know i i went places with some of my questions without getting too spoilery about what the season's been building towards and i planted a little seed and got some facial There's reactions there's a facial reaction from brad i, 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 I feel like is is very Maybe. is very like you know <laughs> you might be onto something uh, but i did acknowledge i do acknowledge in the interview i'm sure they're not going to be able to answer it all just like we weren't able to answer everything in this episode our spoiler free review but if you want to ask us questions or hey if you just want to let us know what you thought of this review you, well you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on x the app formerly known as twitter 
at GeekCentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Uh, you can also join us in the discords if you want. Uh, we're going to open up uh, a channel for The Bad Batch Season 3 so we can keep things, uh, keep chatting there. We promise we won't spoil anything. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go along with the flow. Uh, but if you have any questions or, or anything, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we also have, uh, as mentioned, our interviews are available both on podcast feeds and on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Uh, I do have a social post that's going to be out at the time of this episode that uh, kind of highlights, uh, you know, that fun nickname that Nate was uh, pointing at. Uh, so you can go check that out on our socials again at We Are Geekcentric on Instagram and on TikTok at We Are Geekcentric as well. Um, but we're not done talking about the Bad Batch. Uh, we do have a watch club uh, pending, incoming. I'm not sure how you want to really refer to it. Uh, as we mentioned, we did see eight episodes, so we aren't going to necessarily do the traditional week to week. We're going to kind of break it up. I do believe we're going to be doing the first three episodes, sharing our thoughts, spoiler filled, and episodes four to seven will be their own separate episode. And then from episode eight, we'll keep going week to week uh, with the drops. So you have all that to look forward to, plus a whole bunch of other interviews another interview coming this week another spoiler free review coming this week uh we potentially have a lot of spoiler free reviews coming for the month of month month the of munch march. of marth <laughs> the munch of yeah. march um yeah because it'll be it'll be munching time for sure because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's coming Eating out in that good. month uh, we got our oscars we got our oscars episode our annual oscars episode kevin's working hard on that uh we're catching up on movies it's good to be back on the Geekcentric podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for, for joining me for this spoiler-free review. And as we say, love ya. Bye. Peace. Peace.